to INS, the International News Service, your source for the most important weird news from across the globe, with news analyst Kevin Harrison, actor, comedian, and musician Mike Wiebe, and professional commentator Brian Camp. INS, the news you need. No, the Patricia Arquette character says to the Christian Slater character, she goes, uh, I'd eat the peanuts out of your shit. And I was just like, I don't, I get it. You want to let everyone know they're white trash, but yeah, let's class it up just a little bit. That's really awful. I do remember in the script. And then there's a scene, and then there's a scene, and it's uh-huh. German in the German version where she <laughs> no. actually she actually does. Oh no! She actually does, and 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 check it uh, out. The character Clarence, right. played by Christian Slater, had eaten of three Snickers. I I don't think that was in the script. Tarantino's a sick freak. <laughs> He's a goddamn sick freak. You know, John Leguizamo is a freak. You know that? Oh, yeah, true. And and Chris Angel is a mind freak. He is <laughs> mind freak. One time I had I had long black hair and uh-huh. uh, I dyed my hair black. It was like the only time I ever really dyed my hair and it was I had right. long hair. And I was walking down a hallway in Las Vegas and these two jocks walked by me and waited till they get all the all the way to the end of a really long hallway and they go fucking mind freak back there and I was like <laughs> Never again. Let's go wash this out. Let's go wash this out right now. <laughs> the, the show Supernatural, which lasted 15 seasons. In yeah. The you know, there's an episode called uh, Chris Angel is a Douchebag, and he's not in it, and he was not asked if, he, if that could be the name of the episode. <laughs> they just called it that. It's about Las Vegas wow. magicians. Wow. And he was livid, apparently. What are you drinking? Like, Hold on. Like, satire. Mike has a small barrel that he is... Sucking liquid refreshment from. I have the exact same barrel at home. What? It's gin. Well, okay. I really it's a flagon of gin. So let's let's do the intro here because uh, I think the audience might be like, well, Brian sounds different this week. Welcome to the International News Service. We're your hosts. I'm Kevin Harrison, along with I'm Mike Weeby, and this week we've got special guest host, film historian, and raconteur, and Former postmaster general fired for, well, we'll let him get into that. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Zach Carlson. Woo! Yay. Hey, Zach. Yay. It's a news Hello. show, so there's really normally not cl- clapter. This is this is straight news. Mm. No, no frills. No. <laughs> no frills, no pills, no $1,000 bills. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So we are recording this. I, I let Zach in on the secret earlier. We oh, are shit. recording this on my birthday. So, oh. <laughs> so the gift, the gift to me was that Brian didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> Got your ass, Brian. Damn. Got your ass. So well, happy birthday, Kevin. I'll I'll be the I'll I'll say it. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll begrudgingly uh-huh. say it. Happy right. birthday. Oh, well, thank you. 
Here's what my here's my my first gift to you. Oh, first. It's just take a look at this cute dog. Did you get a new dog? No, Whose dog no, is this? Is, this is Mary Claire. I'm 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 dog sitting for Avery and Jackson and uh your your comedy partner. My comedy partner and her life partner and um and this dog, describe this dog. Looks sort of English, maybe like an old English man. Looks real real silky. It looks real like soft. it's soft. It fell off the dog from Fraggle Rock, is what it looks like. Yeah, it's very, yeah, okay. frag- very Fraggle Rockish. A little splinter from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and, and Mike's getting, getting dog kisses. The breath, I, the breath is intense. I can smell the breath right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there ever been good dog breath? Yeah, yeah. Oh, puppy breath is fucking really puppy breath. You should they should bottle it and sell it. Wow. My friend had a dog whose breath. Um, he was like you know teenage dog but it smelled exactly like the water from pirates of the caribbean right which is not called pirates of the caribbean because you don't talk about the caribbean islands right yeah. but yeah it's yeah. like i mean smelled the dog's breath went that sounds most familiar you'd say it's the pirates ride from disneyland and they'd be like oh my god it's like it was wow exactly that smell was it fake uh, blue uh yeah it's like it's like a little a touch of chlorine a touch of like ancient yeah. <laughs> I mean, that ride's been going since the 60s. So right. it's real weird. And then you get to a part and you see Johnny Depp there and you're like, hey, get out of here. You know <laughs> what, though? Uh, in Johnny, like, there's much to be. Johnny Johnny Depp contains multitudes. We yes. can't forget that we, we like things that he did in the past. But, like, he used to apparently one time roll down to Disney dressed uh-huh. up like Jack Sparrow got into the ride and would just sit there in complete stillness, <laughs> like in the middle of Kyrie to the Caribbean. And then at some point just go like, Hey everybody, <laughs> or not like, like oh, I'm Jack Sparrow or whatever the fuck he sounded like then. I was like, that's kind of fun, you know? Yeah. Do that character before he, he got real sad and <laughs> whatever he is doing now. Right. Did you see the apology about the dogs that he did with Amber? together what no what is this they secretly smuggled some some dogs into australia oh yeah and then they were forced by the by the government of australia to make an online apology about how that's not the right thing to do and that they spoke during that apology was one of the most inhuman bizarre things you've ever seen yeah well Well, i'm sure that I'm sure they were not sorry for that at all. I'm sure they were <laughs> no. really just like, <laughs> but I mean, that wouldn't be if you, if you told me I couldn't take my dog to Australia, uh-huh. I'd go fucking, you know, who said I can do it? The Lord humongous. <laughs> he fucking rules the wasteland. Dog fetishist Lord humongous said I could do it. So it's fine. It's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah. Have we talked about how important Lord humongous is? I mean, we've talked about how... No, I don't think we have, actually. No. As friends, have we talked about this? I don't think we oh. have. But he's like a sexy punk Jason Voorhees. Like, like what's oh. the clue? Yeah, he All is. Right. He is very... I mean, that's a weird That's a weird thing that I always thought about in that movie of, like, Lord Humongous, like, you know, get, throw out the gasoline that's so difficult to find. Where is he finding creatine and perfect... <laughs> And a perfectly protein balanced diet in order to be that goddamn ripped all the time. Yeah. Do you know I, I brought my friend on the uh, five o'clock news in Austin in a full Lord Humongous outfit, including like the leather jock strap? Really? 
So everyone watching the five o'clock news like saw me. I was wearing a hot dog T-shirt. I was like, you know, <laughs> Joey's hot dogs, like New Jersey. Zach's also uh, Zach. Let me plug another one okay. of your expertise. You're a hot dog expert. I do really. No That's a bummer that Brian's wow. not here. We'd love yeah. to get you guys talking hot dogs. We'll have yeah. you back. I mean, it would it would turn into its own podcast. Yeah. But um, this, hot dog um, talk. I, I look like a hot dog hobo. Uh-huh. And then next to like Lord Humongous. And the thing is, Ryan was being, they asked him a question. He had everything pre recorded from the movie. So yeah. I could wow. ask the question and just hear him go, just walk away. And he never spoke, but it was all the audio came through and he just acted all out. You know, <laughs> just so, walk away. So if anybody's confused, we're talking about the film Mad Max, but also in, uh, I'm sorry, we're talking about the film The Road Warrior, but also known in Australia as Mad Max Part 2. Uh, and then I remember I saw Mad Max Fury Road. No, Zach, told you told me you'd seen Mad Max Fury Road, uh-huh. like an early screening, and I was like, how was it? And you're like, I fucking hated it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. And uh, I told, I was doing this, I was doing this podcast with uh, this, this young gal that... Wait, you uh, do podcasts other than ours? This was many, many. This movie came out a long fucking time ago. I guess um, I'll allow it. Uh, and I said that I was like, "Yeah." I said like, I ran into Zach Carlson. He said he didn't like it, and she got so mad. She and she hadn't even seen it yet. He got like fucking furious. Was like, "Well, he's not even supposed to be talking about it." And I was just like, "I don't. I think you need to calm down." And uh, yeah. And then, and I like I like that movie quite a bit, but also it's like that thing too. Like, yeah, other people can like not like the things right. that you like. Like, it's yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's really, which is, I mean, I guess that's the problem. There's a whole that's kind of like the reason the internet exists is people to be angry that somebody else deigned to admonish Zack Snyder's work or whatever. <laughs> and but also just that thing too of like I also don't live my life to get on and talk shit about movies that I don't like. It's just like, well. I mean, you've Who done time that on our for podcast that? forty or I've fifty never, different times. There's, I, I don't say anything negative about any other <laughs> films, except for directors and actors who are enemies with me in the uh, industry. I see. I see. Also, again, I want to say this: fucking writer strike still going on, and uh-huh. I, I stand with the studios. Uh-huh. I don't, <laughs> I don't fucking care. We need more Jack Wharton films. We need. <laughs> that's what people want. People are getting right. bummed out this oh, summer. Yeah. This is the first summer to not have a Jack Wharton film in 17 years. So this week, we have a special guest film scholar, Zach Carlson. I already introduced him, but well, I just have it. It's written down in the credit. script here. You don't, you don't want me to read well, my script? You don't script? get credit just because you say it too. <laughs> I mean, technically, I win because I said it first. Oh, I see. Okay. Mike wins. With special film scholar guest Zach Carlson, but will nevertheless have two weird film-related stories for him. And hopefully, what I like to do, Zach, is when we have somebody with special expertise, I see if I can't stump them with my stories. Oh, please! I I, I love stumps. So so far, nah, I'm batting one hundred. But... Mean, well, it means he tells you a story so awful you want to cut off your own foot. <laughs> Either one. Like. Ideally, both. Uh, so this story comes to us from Starlog number 24, Ooh. July 1979. <laughs> well, so at least we're current. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
What? Hey, we we did alive. a body snatcher story from the 1890s. Yeah, but it's still ripped out of the headlines. Uh, well, this is ripped from the headlines. The next story is from Gore Zone. <laughs> I've got every issue of Gore Zone, so I should be able to keep up with that one. Uh, let's see. So you guys will never believe this, but back in 1990, I was kind of a nerd. My favorite writer was H.P. Lovecraft, and my favorite movie was Reanimator. Anyway, there I was. Uh, yeah, Lovecraft and Reanimator. No, Zach said that's him now. Oh, okay. Well, is that what he said? Sorry. Yes. Oh. Uh, so anyway, there yeah, I was. Well, hold on. You okay, yes. ask me what my favorite movie is now? What was your favorite movie in 1990? The Killing Fields. <laughs> wow, bold. Either Killing Fields or Emmanuel uh-huh. Three: Joys of a Woman. Both equally, by Joseph Wamba. Yeah, both <laughs> equally erotic. <laughs> I've never seen The Killing Fields, I'll be honest with you. Oh, I think this... my mom took me to see that in the theater, at a discount Pretty theater. Good. Good. My mom took me to see Emmanuel Joys of a Woman in a theater. <laughs> 18 times. Oddly. Wow. Zach, what was your favorite movie in 1990? Oh, same, same favorite movie as now, no joke. It's uh, Penelope Spheris' Suburbia. Not oh, the nice. Parker Posey Suburbia. Nice. Not that that one's Giovanni Ribisi, but people right. they never listen. They always think that I mean that one. Really? Uh, always. I, in the circles that I run in, you would never be yeah. ever be confused for that because I don't think that suburbia that link later one is that did Richard Bagoisian write that? Yeah, Eric Bagoisian. Eric, yeah. Eric Bagoisian. It's a it's a movie about people in their teens, played by people in their twenties, written by no, like a fifty year old and written by a guy in his forties. Yeah, yeah, and hey. and that uh, the most unrealistic uh, like the most unrealistic portrayal of like what a successful musician would does or would be like or right. would, it just all <laughs> it actually has the line what are we doing in this mosh pit of consumerism when they're at a McDonald's oh my god yeah yeah it's not it's, good it's like I'm looking in a mirror of my '90s life. <laughs> Uh, so let's see. Uh, so anyway, there I was at a comic book convention and I'm playing Axis and Allies with some guys I had just met and we're chatting about HP Lovecraft. And this guy tells me, and he te- he says it in exactly this voice. You ever hear what happened when they tried to film the call of Cthulhu? So what he told me is they filmed the movie and then at the worst test screening in history, the movie was so traumatizing that four people had to be institutionalized and two had never been released. Whoa. Unfortunately, because I was now very excited to see this movie, he told me that the movie was locked in a vault and that it would never be released. Uh, He wasn't the only one telling this story either. I asked around and it had drifted around comic book and sci-fi convention since at least 1985. So here I am. I'm going to set the record straight on the Call of Cthulhu movie. And I want Are to point you out- sure you're not confusing Call of Cthulhu with The Day the Clown Cried? No, I, I might be confusing with Emmanuel 3, though. No, The Day the Clown Cried, which is 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 locked in a vault. Right. It's a the Jerry, Jerry Lewis, Lewis movie. Yeah. But apparently they're gonna it's like about to be public domain or something like that. Zach, can you verify? Is there any veracity in this film scholar to the stars? 478. 
So mm-hmm. if they if it wasn't renewed or maybe his company was dissolved to the question to the right to be in question, then the copyright could lapse. It's supposed to be twenty five years after his death. Um, it becomes viewable. Well, he's only been dead three, like, four years. Yeah, four years. And Harry Shearer has seen it in its entirety. He's one of like four people that's seen the movie. Why did uh, Jerry Lewis's face get so weird and big and puffy? Yeah, he was addicted to the is the painkillers he got addicted to after his suicide attempt in the seventies. Oh wow! Oh, why did he try to kill himself? Um, he was totally miserable, and he used the excuse of like that he was in physical pain, like how Chevy Chase was addicted to painkillers. Yeah. Um, but Jerry Lewis was just like kind of trying to die because he couldn't find joy in anything. He got like. What's that thing that um, condition called when you can't feel joy? It's a uh... called being married. Got your ass. It sounds That's like my, my new catchphrase, Zach, is "Got your ass." When I really <laughs> stick it to somebody real good. See, can you fit that into seven characters on a license plate? I think so. G T Y O A S S. Yeah. yeah. Then it's, it can also be "Get your ass." Like that's like a yeah it's aggressive but um yeah anyway so he uh he got his and i think he tried to kill himself again while he looked like that and um one of his kids found him was like in the bathroom floor like passed out was it was it gary lewis of gary lewis and the pacemakers playboys playboys yeah gary lewis playboys who was with the pacemakers (laughs) i think it was just the pacemakers and then gary lewis and the the playmakers oh okay yeah what what man all those old comics were so really fucked up yeah i mean aren't they all still yeah well no <laughs> <laughs> i'm normal um the but like johnny carson was like supposedly just like this shell of a human being when he was not on stage like yeah. not a shell in that like but he like nobody Nobody knew him. Like, it was a weird thing where he, you know, he got married like 20 times and nobody, he like had no real friends at all. He was like kind of friendly with like Bob Newhart and a couple other people, but like he just wasn't just apparently just kind of a thing where like the people that were closest to him were like, yeah, but I kind of never really knew him, even though I was his closest friend and stuff like that. That's, That's like Robert De Niro until Trump, you know, took the throne. Like, Robert De Niro apparently has a very watery-like personality, you know, like uh-huh. yeah. invested his entire life into these characters and didn't have room for himself. Yeah. And everyone always said that about him until Trump took office. And then you've seen you you guys saw interviews with De Niro during the Trump presidency. Yeah, he was uh-huh. like, "I want to, I want to fucking, I want to just go punch him in his stupid, stupid head." Punch right. Him. Yeah, he gets like super mad. He like, yeah, like, yeah, that fucking clown, that fucking thief, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, and like he would turn into a De Niro character because of his anger. Wow. It was so nice to see anyone that was white and old get mad about Trump. It was. Yeah. It was I, I yeah. just me joy to watch those moments. It, it, it was, felt it felt so it felt so invaders from Mars <laughs> in those Trump, you know, for me. Yeah. And I, I mean I've talked about it a lot on here, but I had like a really intense situation with some of my family about that stuff that i i didn't even bring it up like it was kind of like brought to me and it was this weird thing of like what the fuck 
is happening to the minds of these people. And then whenever anybody's just kind of like, well, they all fucking suck the same. I'm like, yeah, they do all suck, but not quite the same. You know, there's, there's a level of emblazoned racism that just gets a little too white hot for me with one of those guys. You know, it is, everything is shitty and it's like, oh, the fucking fake status quo and blah, blah, blah. But there's not the virulent, I don't know. But you know what? (laughs) I don't know much about politics. I'm a fucking song and dance man. That's true. Why don't you show us that? Okay. Oh, yeah. Do a little little tap, a little modern. (laughs) You're like, you're like the next Michael, you're like the white Michael Flatley. Yeah, I mean, I am. I'm Irish, so that's pretty dead on. Carlson. Now, is that an Irish last name? I'm Nordic. Wow. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty pretty white. I'm a. Yeah, my my. That's uh, all white. <laughs> I don't know who my I don't know who my real father is. Though, so uh, yeah, I don't probably, either. Probably so. Bill Cosby statistically for my age. Uh, well, yeah, gods are good. Yeah. How do you feel? Hold on. How do you feel about bacon burger dogs? I mean, what, what kind of human being? Would you? Let me ask you this: Would you eat a bacon burger dog, uh-huh. even though you knew it was going to give you a nightmare? Ooh. Of course. I, I, uh, I, you, you might be related. You might. You might. Have. <laughs> so back to Starlog and 1979's Call of Cthulhu movie. You can find the article from the Starlight 24 online. If you track it down, it has some cool pictures of models for the monsters. But first like, off... Like like Cindy Crawford? <laughs> the, the, like like, like Cheryl Teagues? Like Yogg-Sothoth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. I'm a fan. Uh, so, uh, first off, the movie was actually called The Cry of Cthulhu, and it wasn't so much an adaptation of Lovecraft as it was an original story about Cthulhu, the Great Old Ones, and the Elder Gods. The director attached to it was named Wolfgang Gladys, uh, who is mostly known as the assistant director for Cabaret and Fletch, and the producer of Fire in the Sky and The Ninth Gate. The plot involved a man and woman inheriting a house in Germany next to a World War II battlefield where lots of soldiers were killed, and it had something to do with all these deaths opening a portal to bring Cthulhu and the Great Old Ones to to Earth. Despite this, the entire thing was supposed to be shot in Detroit. The producers were able to raise $7 million in funding, which is equal to the budget for 1979's Rocky II, and it's about $30 million today. The special effects were supposed to be stop motion, and the special effects department included the people who went on to work, or included people who went on to work on The Terminator, John Carpenter's The Thing, The Dark Crystal, Poltergeist, and even the guy who designed and animated The Book of the Dead, and The Evil Dead, and The Evil Dead 2. Unfortunately, according to the film's writer, they ran out of money before they got to production, and the whole thing fell apart. It's not all bad news, though. Uh, In 2016, the author adapted the screenplay into a novel and released The Cry of Cthulhu, as well as three more sequels, and they're all available for sale online. Hmm. A movie got turned into a book. Uh, That sounds like bad news to me. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that could be worse is if it got turned into a play. Well, I... I read the I read the adaptation the the movie the novelization of Star Wars when I was a young lad and quite enjoyed it. 
Really? What's, that, have... what's it about? It's, uh, <laughs> have you seen Star Wars? Yeah. Uh, it's about this this young up and comer who learns to believe in himself and fight with laser swords thanks to sounds, an old man. Sounds like Boogie Nights. Kinda. <laughs> Yeah. Less cocaine in Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's accurate. Actually, <laughs> probably. Um, There's a that that scene in the donut shop in that movie is very disturbing. Uh, like, so it's yeah that it's supposed to be cute, kind of, but it's very upsetting. Yeah, I that movie is I, I think he's great and all, but that movie just stands way above. Yeah. The other ones, because for me, it's just like, I, I I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, I'm dumb and I just like to have fun in movies and there's so <laughs> much fun. Like, not that it's just like, ah, oh, it's fun the whole way because there's a lot of dark shit, but there's also like so much fun to be had along with the dark shit. And us, well, I guess I'm sort of, a, I'm interested in the golden age of pornography. But... I think what you're saying is you like things you don't have to think about too much. No, I, I like titties <laughs> and bush, and and I like I like bush. But, uh, yeah, but no, cool. like yeah, I, Paul Thomas Anderson movies are a struggle, like intentionally. Hey, I fuck think. that guy. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> wait, 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 what's going on here? Let's let's talk about this. Okay. So I think I I I like him a lot. Like I, I think like him like, a lot oh, too. But I'm just saying. Guy. I'm just saying. There's definitely like this is gonna take some work. No, I'm gonna say fuck <laughs> that guy. <laughs> He you know, like, sucks. There's that part, like the Phantom Thread. Like, why would a human uh-huh. being write that movie? It's like, I'm a an, what an 1800s uh, clothing designer who feels mm-hmm. nauseous. That's the plot right. of that movie, right? right. But there's that even in that movie, which is his most grown up, you know, sophisticated movie. There's a part where Daniel Day Lewis, his girlfriend says, "Would you like some soup?" And he goes, "I am a hungry boy." And like, that's like a weird <laughs> thing. Yeah. That's what is this? I just no, I love theory. I love that movie. I think that movie's uh, that's maybe my maybe my I don't know maybe my second favorite one. I like Magnolia. I'm all about it. Magnolia's what? good. I like There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. There Will Be Blood has such the most bonkers ending. Yeah, that yeah. still works. Like it's not like you made a mistake, but like I never would have seen that from the rest of the movie. I never would have seen that ending coming, and it's kind of funny and. uh it's, yeah. It's a great pun. The, it's a the I'm finished thing. Such a good joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think it's a, but then then like that incoherent vice or whatever movie. That's a uh, no good. So yeah, it's not uh, very good. I can't. Fuck, I can't take that, guy's fuck that guy. <laughs> hey, Mike. I sent you the picture of me on the um five o'clock news. I, I that oh. is amazing. With the Lord humongous. <laughs> that, that, this, this was on. This was on like Austin on, te- oh, wow. on television. Can That's you, like a CBS affiliate. We should can, point can we out put that on the social that, media. Yeah, we have. Can we put like that just on in the comments? This will be, yeah. We should point out too that Zach and I uh-huh. uh, are. We've had years of getting uh, mistaken or compared to looking like each other. Yeah, like I'm the ugly Mike Weeby is what my. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I I. I the better would, smelling, uglier Mike Weeby. <laughs> I listen. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm happy with the way you look. I'm. I'm happy with the way I look. I'll just say that. But that's a self thing. Uh, I see. Hey, I got better. You got definitely have better teeth than me. 
Hmm. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm not comfortable with the way I look, but I'm comfortable with the way you guys look. About fucking time. <laughs> so let me ask you guys this. What is your favorite Lovecraft story and what is your favorite Lovecraft movie? I love I love that question. <clears throat> Go ahead, Zach. Gentlemen before germs. <laughs> he wrote the story that was <clears throat> the closest thing to a novel that he ever wrote. But it still was like, you know, not quite long uh -huh. enough. Yeah, um, Strange Case of Charles Dexter Ward. You yeah, it's a good one? one. Yeah. It's so good. And it's, it's got all these weird little asides like that don't really, they it could each be their own Lovecraft story, but like he just kind of throws them out there like a pretzel stick and then runs away. Yeah. Like, and um, that story has this thing where like, he's talking about how you can make new beings out of the essential salts of humans. Right. And it's like one night they heard a strange screaming and in the morning they found a 10 foot tall man with no eyes, ears or mouth laying cold and naked face down in the river like dead you know yeah. and like that was it and that's like a little side thing it just happens one morning well, and it's like wait. one of the jars of salts just says b franklin and b the letter b dot franklin and it's like wait you 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 resurrected benjamin franklin to get his secrets yeah and then he probably died like you know like headless like wandering through like a dark <laughs> valley at night, oh. you know I mean, like, there's so many ideas in that story. It's just crazy. Well, that my understanding is that was never even submitted for publication. He just wrote a draft, and they found it in a drawer after he died. Oh, really? So that was his Confederacy of Dunces? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow that, that, that's, that story, that whole story is so good because it's just, like, so many new thoughts in there. Yeah. I need to, I need to read that. I don't know if I ever have. You know, yeah. I have a lot of collections of him, but they're, it's, I'm sure it's in one of those, but... There are some versions that are better than others. I know that like the the original manuscript was edited down in a lot of the uh, collections. So uh, if you go to, I think it's hplovecraft.com, he's got the most correct versions of everything. Well, it came out, I think like Bantam put it out as its own paperback and they were like desperate to have a novel by him. So they used the longest version of it. So it's basically like, that's the best one you can get. That's the least okay. King James version of it you can get. Cause like, you know, they wanted the padded version, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but, and then my favorite uh, Lovecraft adaptation, Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. Ooh, good mm, choice. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Adaptation yeah. of the horror at Martin's Beach. Because no, Citizens on Patrol was uh, <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe. Right. Adaptation. And then August Citizens on Patrol. That, yeah. Was that two? That was four. Three. Oh, four. four. Okay. Yeah. Four. Citizens on patrol. Yeah. And it's starring five. the Bones Brigade. That was oh, yeah. Miami Beach. That was that's part five. It's Simon Miami Beach with David Spade and the Bones Brigade. Yeah. I thought they were citizens on patrol. I think I think it's part five that they that they're in. There's and then part seven is Mush in Moscow, but only has one good joke, but it's an amazing joke where Okay. You know, Punky, Punky Brewster's dad, George Gaines, yeah, Commandant Lassard, and a Russian premier throw an egg back and forth from their lips at a dinner table, and it goes on like way longer than you think it will. <laughs> well, it's it's it is crazy how the first one started as this TNA kind of Porky's. It was Porky's, but Police Academy means Porky's, or like, right. and then from there on, it got it, you know there was like there's a cartoon at some point. 
Let, let's talk about yeah. R-rated movies that became children's properties, like Toxic Crusaders. Yeah, Toxic right. Crusaders. Which is originally Toxic Avenger, right? Right. And Rambo. Rambo. Oh, yeah, Rambo. Um, RoboCop. Had Robo toys. Yeah. There, I remember the Rambo cartoon was insane because there's an episode where he falls off the top of the Statue of Liberty, which is like, how far of a drop is that, right? That's like 100 feet at least. Like yeah, 20. something like that. And it cuts to commercial. Feet. He's like, oh, and he falls off. And it cuts to commercial. And then when it comes back, he just goes like this. And he just runs. He, he just he lands on his feet. Yeah. yeah. He like lands at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty and he just goes, and then he starts running. He, he also, they, they, they had like, <laughs> it was so lame. They, I remember thinking this was lame when I was a kid too. Uh-huh. Being excited that there was a Rambo cartoon, and then immediately not liking it after like two episodes. But they, they would run through sort of like He Man doing his sort of power, where they had this animation sequence that they they drew and, and animated once, and they used it every episode. But the one they used every episode was Rambo tying his shoes and putting on a headband. And I guess I don't know, taking off his shirt. I don't know, like putting on putting on like sweatbands on his on his forearms or something. Did, wait, did he tie his hat? Just his like head? He just go like this. He would just take this thing and put it in front and use this rubber gloves. Uh-huh. He just go in front and then go. And it was just done. Yeah, yeah, it was just on. Yeah, he never. Yeah. There was no folding. He spent more apparatus. time making sure there were no creases <laughs> as he pulled it back than he yeah. actually did tying it. You're right. He did. There's got to be some more, you know. I mean, Ghostbusters, not R-rated, but there is, you know, a ghost blowjob scene in it. And that's uh, why I don't like Ray. That's why that's why Ray's not up there for me with Snoopy. Well, supposedly that's his wife. That ghost is not played by Donna Dixon. Not his real wife, but in oh. Ray's Ray, like the backstory is Ray. Oh, okay. Ray Stance had a wife that died several years ago. And that's and apparently like that really kind of he was like always into this stuff, but then he like kind of you know really gets into that, and that's why he's also like never horny or anything compared to like anybody else in that movie. Like Egon's not, Winston's not. Winston's (laughs) Winston is fucking. Yeah, yeah, but he's not horny. He's satisfied. I think he's married. I think that I think it's implied that he's married, right? Is it? I don't know. I never really got that, but I'll take it. Why wasn't he on the poster, by the way? It's, uh, I mean, apparently, like, he, he had, well, originally, that part was Eddie Murphy's. That was right. Eddie Murphy's part. Okay. And there was, you know, and it was, you know, really, the movie was four characters that were basically getting the same amount of screen time and, and, yeah. and together. And then when when Eddie Murphy didn't do it, like his part got real diminished and diminished and then they still and i i think like you know from from when ernie hudson read the script and what he actually ended up shooting he was super bummed out at like right man i was like a i was one of the main characters in this movie and i think they'd even kind of rewritten it to be like less funny less than eddie murphy's voice or whatever but and and still in the movie he is the guy that kind of delivers some big stuff but it's just yeah. it's not enough like you can't right. introduce this character and then do that little with them i mean that being said i love and i don't know how much of it is nostalgia because you can't you can't discount like seeing a movie like that at that age and right. not realize you know i realize that my my eyes will never be completely clear as to <laughs> 
that that movie you know like it's okay too, it's fair. It's too, it was too important to me as a kid yeah. to like really ever ever kind of wrap my head around it but but yeah it is a bummer definitely watching it now it's like i want i want more of him i want more of everybody really you know it's like i wish the movie was yeah because it, i always it always kind of bummed me out later on too that it goes from we catch our first ghost montage the ending there's like yeah. a, the montage of them doing stuff where it's like i, I was like i want to know more about the world and stuff which yeah. it, 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 which doesn't make sense for that con i mean that's these is all like little kid thoughts about yeah. like i don't know i i'm i wanted to be a ghostbuster but now i've found out oh. that uh, there's a lot of tv shows and <laughs> it turns out ghosts are just really really fucking boring they're the most boring things at best they can go I, i'm here so did, my big question about this was, as a child, then, did you believe that Bustin make, made you feel good? Man, yeah. I, I I believed that it would, and then when I finally did get to Bust, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like Bustin. All right. I started a ghost-busting group with my friends, because my friend Michael, his property shared, like, you know, the actual property line with a retirement home. And we're like, where's yeah, that's like a ghost factory, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like, so we, we set up all of this like surveillance equipment. I was in charge of inventions. I was basically the Egon. Um, nice. we, we were See called that. Spectre, uh, Spectre spotters. Um, and I had a uh, pilot for a TV show called Spectre inspectors. That's nice. pretty good. That we pitched and uh, nobody, Nobody. Well, we didn't really pitch it hard enough. I think it's a great idea still to this day. So poor man's patent. Poor man's patent. Poor man's patent. <laughs> it, Nobody it can steal my name, Spectre Inspectors. That's illegal. Work like that. No, no, it is. It is. <laughs> did you know, Zach? Did you know that if you have an idea and you say "poor man's patent" three times out loud, it makes it. It That's makes it not, not true. That's. It is true. I thought. You, I thought you said "poor man's patent" like Mike Patton from. Oh. Big I've I've been accused of being that. So one question before we move on, what, like, cause I, this just came up. I didn't up. get an answer what mine. Oh, okay. Well, were. this well, this is my question was, is Ghostbusters a Lovecraft movie? Like, is it Lovecraftian? Could it exist without sure. HP Lovecraft? I don't know that it could. The concept of Zool, I think, would not have existed without Lovecraft. Because, like, he lives in the dream world between our world and that one, right? Which is, like, a huge thing for him. Yeah, right. Like, the dream quest of unknown Kadath and all that shit. Right. And then, um, like, that's, like, seems to be where Zool occupies that space. You know who was originally playing Zool, right? Pee-wee Herman in Pee-wee Herman's outfit. That's right. I forgot. I did know that. That would have been great. Yeah. Like, it was going to be him as Pee-wee Herman, but they're going to use the same voice as the movie. So it would be, like, Pee-wee Herman going... Choose the form of your destroyer. Like that. Wow. That was done without effects. I want to let everybody know. Weird. You can see Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. You know, there's like a couple, there's a handful of deleted scenes you can see. And one is so bizarre. It it's and it's like, yeah, I don't know why you would think about key. Like it's kind of funny, but like it's 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 just it's when it's when Rick Moranis is running through the park. Like he's just been possessed. He's running through the park, and the it's hobos? it's yeah, it's it's Dan Aykroyd and and uh, Bill Murray as hobos. They're not their characters. They're just these hobos, and they're walking through the park, and they're talking about 
two they're t- basically talking but telling two different stories to each other and neither one's really listening to each other and like in Dan Aykroyd's voice is like when you're dealing with a power puncher like Chuck Wepner you're and he's like talking about boxing and I can't remember what Bill Murray's talking about something about like retirement plans or something and then and then like Rick Moranis runs into him and just keeps going and they're like hey, what is that and it, but it was such like just a weird like I wonder where the is that some where the idea came from that is that like a bob hope thing or something did they do that or who mm. what movies they would i don't do, know the bob hope thing like in, in the Ghostbreakers, they have the joke where bob hope and big crosby see something so horrible that they can't even like speak they're like oh yeah, and, yeah. They ghost, and they run away and then it's just martin lewis that they saw oh wow, oh, wow. So this is like this is like a version of that but then them doing it themselves which isn't gonna work yeah Huh. Yeah. yeah. So, what what is your favorite uh, Lovecraft? Did, Ooh, wait, boy. Zach, did you do movie or did you just do story? I don't remember. Well, I, I said Police Academy Six because I was okay. Stalling. Okay. Uh, I Mike, what what are your favorite? Well, do you have Academy a real one, Zach? Lovecraft? Oh yeah. I mean, gosh, I guess it's so, okay. So this is a really nerdy, nerdy, nerdy answer. But like, there was this moment um, with straight to video horror stuff was happening uh-huh. in the mid eighties where Japanese filmmakers that couldn't get a movie out or finance would make just like a 40 minute long feature. That was just gross. And right. like, you wouldn't, it wouldn't have been any English. And I'll be you'd get a hold of the Japanese VHS tape and it would just be like body horror weirdness. That made no sense. Okay. And there's one that's called biohazard and it's totally just like some Cronenberg slash Lovecraft, like, okay. you know, like fartery. I but remember the poster, but I never saw it. Yeah, it's a doctor. The poster is a doctor with glowing eyes being like, yeah, yeah. It's and it's like really fun and it's stupid and it's it's just great. And like, so I'd say like Biohazard would be my favorite like Lovecraft inspired thing on the movie. But like because Reanimator is so far removed, it's like doesn't even. Yeah, Reanimator is yeah. like that's. So I'll start with my movie. Uh-huh. I I want to say Reanimator because it is probably the best movie that has. Lovecraft in the title, but it's not very Lovecrafty because like it's there's too much Even comedy. The story is not really that Lovecrafty yeah. to be honest. Mm-mm. Like I, oh, go I am going to. It's got to be a toss up between From Beyond, good one, and Dagon, also good one. But yeah. I think From Beyond. I think it's got to be From Beyond because that one leaves you with so too much like it. I don't know. They're they're both really good. I yeah. there's somewhere in the middle. They're they're and they're trying for different things. Um, the final you. shot in Dagon was pretty great. Of like yeah, through the weird giant thing. Oh, but they, the monster in Dagon is so bad. The CGI part is so rough. Yeah, that's the yeah. problem. The CGI is so bad. And as far as the story, I got I and it. This is some people say this is the the least the least representative of hp lovecraft because it kind of takes place in a different area and even kind of writes it more but writes it more dumbed down i guess because it's about uh, farm people is the color from space the which color i didn't like I, I color out of space I, I don't love the movie that much but i, I really like that story quite a bit no I, it's my favorite story as well it's, like that's it's really great. like uh What's spooky new- and weird and it's, it's like seen, every you seen the Karloff version. The what? I have seen that too. Yeah, Karloff's version, the Die Monster Die. 
is no. it's that story and they, and they do some weird stuff in that yeah. like really weird effects but yeah i mean you got to think of like i just i can't get wrap my mind around lovecraft kind of summarizing both the reality and the fears around nuclear fallout before there was even an atomic bomb yeah it's true i mean just all that ash and like what it does to people is they just sort of melt away yeah it's like, and it's like it's like syphilis almost like but they like yeah. you know faster and bigger like the way that it kind of makes them like they're super self-assured and they're like mounting insanity and but that said uh, like i kind of think uh and i don't know if this was direct or not but i kind of have always felt like uh equator mass in the pit was a direct adaptation of that that is great that's a great answer you yeah know, that's that is the best lovecraftian movie that you're yeah. right that movie has so many ideas in it also like it's just like it's unbelievable yeah if if, if you haven't seen it i recommend springing for the blu-ray and watching Quatermass in the pit because it is worth your money and you don't need to see the first two Quatermass movies they're all totally no. independent of each other yeah yeah it's so it's so good you know the first one which is just like about this the um sloppy melting astronaut i've never it, seen the other ones to be honest i've only seen this one which i, I saw think... as five million years to earth right this is it's just incredible melting man but like okay. way less melting yeah, you know, it's just like, but there's a part where the astronauts like opens the curtain, you see him, and he's kind of like, you know, like like sloppy skin, and it killed a kid in Indiana. It's the only movie known to have killed somebody with fright, wow, ever in real life. And wow. it's like some little kid in Indiana was watching it, and the astronaut goes and like looks out around the curtain, and this little kid in the theater just went ah, and just died. Wow, and Call of Cthulhu only made people insane. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a kid told me that if that he knew somebody that listened to uh there's a band called Cryptic Slaughter uh-huh. and that he listened to a Cryptic Slaughter cassette and then he went insane. <laughs> and then he said that he listened to Cryptic Slaughter and he, he said it didn't make him feel that weird, but then he put on headphones and it started to make him go insane. Whoa. So he had to take it off. Yeah. So I've still never listened to Cryptic Slaughter. Because I'm fu- I'm that's that shit scares the shit out of me. I see. I listen to them, uh, and I'm insane. But I, I really quick, I want to throw something. Uh, just to tie up this Ghostbusters thing, uh-huh. I, I was being polite earlier. No, no more. Never again. Um, so Ernie Hudson was like, you know, uh-huh. he was hired because they couldn't get Eddie Murphy. But then when they did the cartoon of Real Ghostbusters, they brought in to do the voice of Winston Arsenio Hall, yeah. who's at the height of his fame. Oh wow! Do the voice yeah. of Winston Arsenio Hall, who's like probably eight times more famous than Ernie Hudson at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to do the voice of Winston, why not have Ernie Hudson do it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's weird. And at a time, too, when, you know, now a lot of stars will jump and do voiceovers because it's the easiest thing you can do on the face of the planet, you know, especially if you're a big star. You can have a studio and you do it from your house in your underwear. But back then, it was kind of like not cool to do that. Like oh, it wasn't yeah. – unless, unless you were – Robin Williams in like the a big name Disney film. It was not cool to do right. voiceover, to be known for doing voiceovers. Very, very and weird. The character of Winston got a lot more screen time on the cartoon, probably mm-hmm. because they knew that they had Arsenio Hall doing it. So they like they gave yeah. Winston like major storylines. Like whenever the Sandman came around, it was always yeah. versus the Sandman. You know, yeah, like always. Yeah. And, wait, have I done my I can do a perfect Sandman impression from the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Ooh, okay. Let's okay. take that from you guys are older if you want. Or now, your choice. No, we want to hear now. Yeah. So if you go, like they get that weird, like, like his voice is all, yeah. Like, <laughs> everybody's sleeping. Like, oh, that, you know, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sound. 
I don't even know what that was supposed to be. And then Winston would just be like, he wouldn't sleep. Like Winston, for some reason, could like, you know, just avoid whatever it was from Sandman that made everybody else fall asleep. He'd just like withstand it. And then, then there's a crazy thing where Lorenzo Music did the voice of Peter Venkman, then Garfield. Right. Then when he yeah. died um, to do the voice of Garfield in the movie, Bill Murray came in to cover for the guy who did the voice of him on the real Ghostbusters. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, that is wild. Yeah. Yeah, and he just kind of had a voice like this. He kind of talked like this. Hey, guys. Yeah, remember when and, came, like, Garfield started a year after Real Ghostbusters, and they're like, yo, that is Peter Venkman's voice. Like, this oh, is yeah. Really oh, yeah. It was yeah. both delightful and uh, confusing as a kid. Yeah. I, remem- I remember... The real Ghostbusters, like as the seasons went on, it got it almost got better and better, and they oh. really started to expand the universe, and they started like storylines that would go further than episodic. Yeah, and there was a really fun one with the. I, I just remember like what a clever idea is. They get somehow they get trapped in limbo, and you're just falling forever. But then you get oh, really wow. used to falling, and they're in there for some reason. A whole bunch of chickens got locked in there too, and they're just like <laughs> constantly falling with chickens to where, like, at first they were like ah, then at some point they're just kind of like bored and like floating around and talking to each other because they've just been falling for so long. Billy Ted's bogus journey used that joke like almost exactly the same way, but not as well. And also the Cthulhu episode of Real Ghostbusters. Yeah, I was gonna say. The Collect Call of Cthulhu, I think. Yeah. It's super good. Like, really good and really nice. true to the, the, the mythology. Like, shockingly. Wow. Like, yeah, super strong. So, mm. let's move on. We've been doing this for 50 minutes. Let's move on to our second story. You wanted the best. You got the fucking hey, best. We did get it. I appreciate that you got. You finally got us a good guest, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so... Our next story comes to us from a blog called Book Trist. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll just... So you guys know who Val Luton was, right? Yes. Who yeah. was Val Luton? The cat people. Mike, who was Val Luton? Huh? He did a show called Cat Penises. <laughs> no, so, Val, Val Luton. He was like the... the Yeah, the, the atmospheric horror guy. I mean, cat people is the most famous one. I, right. I don't know that I know a ton of his other stuff, but occasionally it comes up and I'm like, oh, that's a Val Luton movie. Yeah. So, and and I would say like some, a few of his like later movies that are weren't as well remembered kind of feed into like, they, I think they would be really successful today because uh, I can't remember the name of the one now, but there's like one that's all about Satanists and conspiracies and secret societies. and Oh, I think and, you're thinking of the actual U.S. government. Chad. <laughs> Isn't that the black cat? Also with the word cat in it? Uh, it's not the black cat. I uh, I, I I'll, maybe I'll look it up later. You're but... thinking of Black Hat, the, the Michael Mann, hat. Chris Hemsworth hacker movie. He's or, a black hat hacker. Or fear of a black hat. Fear of a black mm-hmm. hat hacker. Rusty yeah. Cundiff, I believe, directed that. Yeah, that I actually really like. I really like Fear of a Black Hat. Yeah, it's a good one. Snoop so, Froggy Frog. <laughs> Val Luton is best remembered as the producer of RKO horror films such as Cat People, Curse of the Cat People, I Walk with a Zombie, which is really, really good, and The Body Snatcher. But what most people don't know is that he was also a pornographer. Specifically, in 1933, he wrote an 80,000-word erotic novel titled Three Times a Woman, Rushenka. The book 
also included seven full-page filthy illustrations, which, if you guys behave, I will show you later. <gasps> Wait, how many... Do you say how many pages or words? 80,000 words. Only seven I, have no, I have no idea if that's a lot or a little. That's, I really, that's, I really that's I have a no decent idea. amount. I, th- I would many... say it's probably about, like, realistically, like, 250, 300 pages. How many thing. Harry Potters is that? One Harry uh, Potter. Yeah, one. Is that one, a Bible? How, how, how long is a Bible? And a, uh, that's over. That's my that's favorite like a million book. words. That's something. my second favorite book. Zach. I'm thinking you would have counted the words by now. You know, this is my second favorite. You don't know what my favorite book is, Zach? Tell me. The Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> this is longer than the Constitution. It has more dirty pictures. Well, yeah. the Constitution is very concise is why it's oh, one of the I reasons I, I fucking love the Constitution, dude. I fucking love it. Uh, I fucking love every single I love I like the font. I fucking love I like I just I I'm trying to get my my Kia Soul. I'm trying uh, to get it, I'm trying to get it wrapped in the Constitution, you know, have it like written on all the sides and stuff. <laughs> and have your license plate be the Constitution. Yeah, yeah, real small in there. So Grushenka claimed to be, quote, the story of a Russian surf girl compiled from contemporary documents in the Russian police files and private archives of Russian libraries. According to the Amazon page, the plot of Grushenka is, quote, used as a toy by her masters. Grushenka rebels and is sent to the torture chambers where she is subjected to whipping and other punishments in an effort to break her spirit. But Grushenka is three times a woman and escapes to emerge triumphant with power over the nobility when she joins Russia's most famous brothel. When the Russian, a Russian surf girl, like she's... Wipeout. She says, "Val." She's you know like a valley girl. She says, "Gag me with a spoon." Where does that? You can't surf in Russia, which is one of one of the reasons why they're so angry all the time. Okay, it's a sea. You can't surf on a sea. What? You surf? Doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) Wipeout. That's what happens if you try and surf on on the Black Sea. That's for that, it's that's also for that too guy. dark. You can't see anything. Well, that's fair. I so, guess I've never seen oh, footage yeah. of a Russian surfing ever. I'm trying, I can't think of a single example. Yeah, I wouldn't think that mm. they, there's any Germans, Russian surfers. In, well, at the beginning of Top Secret, you see mm-hmm. surfing and then you see Germany. Well, there's, there's Surf Nazis Must Die, you know. Which is great. Yeah. The soundtrack <laughs> is great. Nice. Really? I haven't actually seen it. I went to watch it once, and it would only play on Tubi in Spanish. Why don't you like Spanish? Yeah. I don't speak Spanish. I, that was the problem, wasn't it? Now, who's the, Nazi, now who's the Nazi? My, my Latina girlfriend teaches me Spanish all the time. Well, I do. It doesn't work. Go. It doesn't stick. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you respect her? Uh, so when the book was released, pretty much everything about it was a lie. It was supposedly translated by an anonymous source, but the manuscript was found among Val Luton's papers, and no one has seen anything it was translated from, which heavily suggests it was an original work. It also reads like an original work. Uh, it was also claimed to have been published in France in a limited edition of 150, but it was actually published by a New York actor and poet named Percy Shostak in a much larger release. 
The book was controversial in its days, and Luton's notes say that he had a photo of the NYPD shoveling a copy of Grushenka into the police furnace. Apparently, Luton wrote the book to help out uh, to help write out the Great Depression. But later that year, he got a job writing for MGM's publicity office in New York City. By 1939, he was an uncredited writer on Gone with the Wind, and by 1942, he began producing some of the best horror movies ever made. Grushenka hmm. is available on the internet, but it takes some searching to find it. So I'm going to have Mike read a few choice passages for our listeners. Okay. What? What? Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. Though, what was the name of the producer that put it out, or the? He was the producer. Per, per, no, Percy something. Oh, Percy Showstack. Percy Showstack. <laughs> I'd love to put this out. It sounds, I'd love to put out your sounds revolt. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna read. Okay. I'm gonna read this this passage. Okay. Fumbling around with the buttons, the girls opened up their breeches and took out his instrument. It did not look too enticing to Grushenka. It was red, half stiff, and of a flabby fullness. Kiss me, said the gentleman to the other girl, and put your tongue nicely into my mouth. He then kissed her mouth, sucking it and gluing his mouth so hard to hers that she became breathless and red in the face. That's crazy that it just took a... I would have thought that pulling the dick out would have made... Okay. Here's another one. Grushenka okay. suffered hard under each pinch as if fire burned her buttocks. Between pinches, the girl reached through Grushenka's legs and pulled the hair of her Venus hill, not very hard, but hard enough to make her groan aloud. Meanwhile, Grushenka had the feeling that she had to pass water. <laughs> But she was afraid to do so over the customer's hand. Madame Brenna whip uh, over the do so over the customer's hand. Madame Brenna's whip would have been the consequence. <laughs> okay, so in that scenario, I'm myself here. Hold on, let me think about this. She, the uh -huh. somebody's pinching her. A girl's pinching her, and then she yeah. reaches through her legs and pulls the hair of her Venus Hill, right? Which I assume is her. It's her shoulders. Yeah, her shoulders. Her shoulder her, hair. I was going to say beaver. <laughs> That's gross. Her beave. Can't believe you would lower this podcast like that. Then, and then okay. Grushenka's like, shit, I got to take a piss. Uh-huh. Uh, and then she's like, I can't do so, or I'm going to get my hand whipped. <laughs> okay. So here's the last uh, passage. Uh -huh. Okay. He moved forward got a hold of her loins and glancing down, approached her with the tip of his shaft. Grushenka reached for his love instrument, but he shouted for her to take her hand away. He then began to press himself against her back entrance. Serge oh. was a rear door lover by conviction <laughs> and inclination. First of all, he did not want his girls to become pregnant. Good thinking. <laughs> Furthermore, he found the back entrance smaller and tighter. Mm. Finally, he did not want to give the girls a thrill. He liked to have all the pleasure himself and to spin his instrument as long as possible without the help of his partner. Thus, the head of Serge Shaft now engaged in a struggle to enter Grushenka's small back entrance. He pressed, screwed, and pushed. 
I don't know. But we he's got a big really... frown on his face. Well, when we get to this passage, we're not really. I I question how Grushinka is taking this. Right, because such a uh, a taught lover that she can even enjoy the forbidden zones. Well, of, we do have a, a photo the planet of, of the apes. We do have a photo of this. Let me see if I can. Oh, there, there it is. Okay, hold on a second. A photo of what? We have a photo of of Serg and uh, Grushenka here, or not a photo, but a uh, uh, an illustration. Let's see if I can. I demand a photo. Uh, is it here? It is. Okay, so as you can see here. Oh, it says an erotic venture oh. new to him. New to him. Wow. That's not true, though. Yeah, that's his predilection. They've already. It's true. They but all had hard breasts with white or brown skin, rosy <laughs> or dark nipples. He had his choice. He got up, felt them, tickled them, weighed their full flesh in his hands and pinched them. They wiggled a bit and jiggled, but were uneasy. Naturally, he decided on Grushenka. She had the finest of them all, milk white, full but pointed with rather large rosy berries. He told her to go put on her finest dress, a skirt and blouse, but no shirt underneath. Grushenka hurried off to do so. I want to read this. Well, this I can send good. you the link. I, I, I worry about posting this to uh, social media because you know, like, I don't know if I'll get uh, in trouble, but I'll, I'll send you the link. And you can Google it pretty easily. I don't want to... Here's the thing. Yeah. I oh wow. <laughs> this is kind of hot though. Yeah. But it also looks like it was traced from a photo. Yeah. yeah. I'm photoscoping. Yeah. Kind of impressed by the artwork in this. By it looks like KYU Q. I will say too, like a lot of times ladies of I mean, these gals have like like bodies How upset of this woman women is. now like you know yeah. like they're not, not like they they look like beauty standards of now oh my god wait especially that second damn. Thing right he began to enjoy the job is the title of this photo the, look how surprised he is look how surprised he is by his penis <laughs> yeah i would be fucking happy with that that guy kind of looks like charles bronson yeah you're right in fact let's double check that there you go. Oh shit! Zach oh, has wow. a Charles Bronson tattoo, and we can confirm it is Charles Bronson. It looks a lot like him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Is there ever any photographic evidence of how big Charles Ooh. Bronson's hog was? No, but he talks about it in the White Buffalo. There's a great line. Yeah. Where you, oh my god, that page is insane. <laughs> the 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 title here is Firm and Deep, Up and Down Movements. I thought it said the, moments. I was so into that. The um, the International News Service Film Society that is not a public thing actually watched White Buffalo a couple months like maybe, ago, maybe a year maybe ago. Maybe a year ago, yeah. Yeah, that line, what does he say? He's like, when you girls dose me proper. <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. He's, got, he's, got, he's yeah, been on a high so horse for... in a long time. When you girls dose me proper. Yeah, when you girls yeah. dose me proper. Yeah, it's, yeah that's... I guess any venereal disease back then, they didn't have a treatment for any of them, really. So once you got them, you had them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's still kind of true for a lot of them. That's true. I misbuttoned my shirt for you. 
Um, careful, we're getting a little steamy over here. This is an after dark episode yeah. of it is. International News Service. You know, um, something you guys mentioned earlier reminded me of the actress uh, Jenny Wright, who uh, she was like the lady in Near Dark, the blonde girl who's like really like a cute kind of like punkish. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And she uh, was giving an interview with the LA Weekly after Near Dark came out, and then that movie Out of Bounds with Anthony Michael Hall, mm-hmm. she was the co lead in that. And they're like, oh, who's this up and coming young actress? And they said, uh, so like, what's what's coming up in the future? You know, they asked her, uh-huh. and she thought that they meant like for her society, for like humanity. Oh, wow. And uh, so she answered from that because it turns out she was had a very unusual brain, but nobody knew that because they just said like, oh, she's pretty. You know, she's yeah. A good actor. yeah. And she said, well, uh, in the future, um, uh, there everything will be painted black. And uh, the only language spoken will be Spanish because it is the international language. And uh, sex will be illegal because it is an unclean thing. <laughs> That's what she said. That's her answer. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And like a regular interview. <laughs> wow. And, when, and she was correct. Yeah. True. True. So uh, the, whenever somebody reads like dirty stuff, I always think about Jenny Wright saying sex will be illegal. It's an unclean thing. It's like. That's so good. Well, so, we're working on I mean, in Texas, we are actively working on it. It's true. Yeah, well, that is true. So what is your favorite type, or what is your favorite piece of erotic literature? Me? Yeah, both of you. Mm. Hop on pop. <laughs> That's a yeah. very good. Taboo, taboo matter, subject matter. Hey, you know, no one um, talking it means it doesn't happen. I. Uh, or maybe uh, erotic fiction. How's that? Erotic expand it. Fiction. That's because Hop and Pop is a true story. So um <laughs> I don't like I don't I'm like I'm with Jenny Wright on this one. I don't like uh eroticism. <laughs> I like neurotic fiction. That's more that's more well, I think I think er, I think public eroticism makes me neurotic. I gotta be honest, but, I don't know that I've ever actually read any like legit other than like penthouse forums and well, stuff but, like that, like like the Manuel movie movies, for example. So erotic. Oh, well, fiction, yeah, I thought like you it, said literature. Yeah, I did, but I, I expanded it. Oh well, movies. Yeah, no, I I like the the first uh, three Emmanuel movies. I think are really great. Nice with uh, uh, what's her name? Why am I spacing on her name? The pre- Sylvia Crystal. Yeah, Sylvia Crystal. Yeah. Did you did you ever see um the Dragon Lives Again the the Bruce Lee knockoff movie? We talked about this. No, no. Bruce, it, it starts with Bruce Lee wakes up in hell after his death. Oh yeah, and he's played by Bruce Leung, who's the villain in um Kung Fu Hustle years later. Yeah, the Frogman villain, hmm. and um he allies with Popeye and the Man with No Name, played by a Chinese guy, not Clint Eastwood, and they go and fight Satan, Dracula, and Emmanuel, who have teamed up. <laughs> Oh wow. wow! Yeah, it's like that's the movie. Seriously, I I have a guilty pleasure uh-huh. of Two Moon Junction. Oh wow! Which is, uh, is Richard Tyson and okay. and the the Sherilyn Fenn. Oh okay. And I got I definitely have a a soft spot for that movie. I guess hard spot if you really want. hard spot my penis is the oh. spot that gets hard. That's um, that's just melanoma. Well, I do I do I do sunbathe my perineum, and I do not use 
uh, suntan oil. Oh man, that that's a good question because I yeah. don't. Because again, there's like weird nostalgia stuff of of stuff that I saw when I was a kid that was like wowie zowie. But yeah, I've got to I got to say, Emmanuel. Uh, there's a there's an original there's a. I think I can't remember if it's Roger Corman's or somebody else did a Fanny Hill that was that I liked a whole lot. I think there. Because I think I think it's not the Roger Corman one, which I've never seen. But there's like a with this this actress named Lisa Rains uh-huh. that was kind of seminal to my seminal vescules. <laughs> How come Benny Hill never did a Fanny Hill? That would have been yeah. That is it's weird. They did, they didn't do it that. It is weird. Um. So do you read uh do you read can uh can be you know Voltaire's Candide? Mm. Yeah. yeah. There's a great there's a great sex scene where the where uh Candide gets to the island and these women are naked and they're being chased by chimpanzees that are biting their buttocks. And like the the monkeys are just nipping at the girls' butts and they're scream the women are screaming. So mm-hmm. Candide takes out a gun and shoots the monkeys to save the girls, and the girls go, Our boyfriends. And like that's my favorite erotic passage. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's really funny. That book's really funny. No one knows that. Everything's just gonna be boring. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's one that I've never, I've never, I've never read any like classic erotica. It's all, all the, all the sex parts are like that in the whole book. Yeah. There's so many jokes about butts, but oh, like, wow. or there's these like, like beautiful older women, but they, they don't have butts at all because they had to cut off their buttocks to feed the soldiers that were defending them during the war. <laughs> and they would I mean, take that, you know. their butts at stakes. How else are they going to eat? Talk about eating ass, but this is ridiculous. It's it's true. And the most respected translation of that story in America was by a guy named John Butt. It's true. Wow. This, yeah. This is wild. It's like, yeah, Fifty Shades of Butt is Candide. It's true. Wow. We sure have gotten sexy tonight. Oh, yeah. That's why Multiple people tune days. in. They tuned yeah. in for se- for the sexy, yeah. But yeah, now, it's, I, uh, oh, go ahead. chimpanzee sex, chimpanzee boyfriends. I'm just saying. Now I do have to ask: Were you aware as a as a film scholar and historian of either of these tales? What do you mean? Uh, did, did did were you familiar with Val Luton pornographer or yeah. the Cry of Cthulhu? I you know I I guess I I wasn't I um. Yeah, I, I did. Would so Cry Cthulhu, like, you were making any of that up at all? Really, it was in Starlog. It all really happened. Yeah, almost? no, that's it's it's a it's a neat article. Like I had heard about it. I asked, uh, I'd heard of all this stuff, and I was like, "Well, I got to see this movie." I don't know how. And I asked, I was maybe so I was maybe fifteen when I heard about it, and then sixteen or seventeen, I ran into horror artist Stephen Bissett who oh, uh had drawn awesome. swamp thing and yeah. uh then published taboo published the comic book tyrant that i think there's only three or four issues of uh just a body of like amazing work that nobody outside of the swamp thing stuff really knows about but uh i was uh so i asked him about it and he told me oh no they never made that movie but it's in starlog uh they they had some models from it and you should read it, read that issue. 
And it just kind of stayed in the back of my head for the last, again, it's my birthday. So let's say 36 years. And when I had to think up, you know, when I had to think up a, a film story, I was like, I wonder what ever happened with that. Or if that, like, if that urban legend still even is around about uh, this movie that made people insane. And uh, turns out everybody forgot about it but me. Are there any movies that are that you know of that are out there like that, Zach, that have never no one's ever seen before besides The oh. Day the Clown Cried? There's tons. Uh, there's going to be a lot of those movies that are going to be simultaneously made available very soon. Oh, wow. In an interesting wow. way. Um, I, I, now, are they good or are they, is it like that, uh, you know, every once in a while, some movie will come out that it's like, oh, well, we shot this. It'll be like Deathbed where they shot it, it like 40 years ago and then it comes out and we all make fun of it, but it's not actually very good. Yeah. The, the one like that that broke my heart was Metal Messiah by Tybor Tickax, who's the guy who directed The Gate. Okay. The yeah. great, like, you know, um, adolescent horror movie from yeah. 87. Yeah. Like, he had me this crazy movie that was like this, like, post apocalyptic, like, cybernetic Jesus movie called Metal Messiah. Uh-huh. And I wanted to see it so bad. And I finally got a hold of it. And it was just boo boo. It was so yeah. rotten. And, um, not not that I I felt that way about the other side of the wind. Not that I thought that it was going to be great because I was like, there's a reason why this hasn't come out till now. But the the other side of the wind was just like, yeah. what is there's, what is happening? It was what I I like to think of as spaghetti because it's just all of these strands thrown together that don't really tie up in any way. Maybe I'm too maybe I was too dumb to get it. That was that was my other thought too, which is a, a very I I like to freely admit that sometimes I am I'm not not either I'm not smart enough or I'm not willing to pretend that I want to find a deeper meaning in in something that is I I I do have a theory that sometimes people just make weird for weird sake and think yeah. that they can they can hux can do a little song and dance and go like, oh, it's so weird. Only the smarts understand it. And that there's a bunch of people that are like, ah, I'm, I'm smart. So I understand it. And then Me and my it's 20s. a bunch of emperors without clothes. Yeah. Very true. Now there's, I mean, it's like anything. Like, there's like, there's great lost movies and there's yeah. like movies weren't lost because of their quality. Right. Like, yeah. Um, you know, wild man, Steve, he was like a black comedian. Oh yeah. 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 His, his second movie. Um, Cause I love his first movie. Which is like the the you know um, six million dollar man parody. Okay, I, I I didn't know he made movies. I mostly know yeah. Rudy Ray Moore. Like I like Rudy Ray Moore's movies quite a bit. Yeah, because he's in uh, Petey Wheatstraw. He's one of the bad guys. Yeah, him and Lee okay. Ryan But um, he made he made a movie um where he gets bionic powers and it's really entertaining, and it, they're given to him by a dwarf named Doctor Dippy. But anyway, um. But he made a second movie called Ain't That Just Like a Honky. And you can find the LP soundtrack, you can find the poster, but the movie's just like, like nowhere. It just doesn't even oh, wow. want, you know? There's an Good amazing attempt. scene in the first movie, which is called The $6,000 N-Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a great scene where he um, talks about something that brings him great comfort, and it seems very personal and very honest. It's yeah. that his mother used to wash his butt, and his whole life he's wanted to find a woman who will wash his butt the way his mother did. And it's that scene gets really intense and like really personal. He's telling this woman that it's great. It's you know, so I just want to find my mother. It's funny that you mentioned that because like two years ago on this very program, 
Mike had a catchphrase that was wash your ass. Oh yeah. That was a good catchphrase. You need to wash your ass. <laughs> now it's I got your ass. It's, it's so it's really the podcast has really evolved quite yeah. a bit. <laughs> so that wraps up another week of the International News Service. Find it oh wait, before I do that, uh Zach, where can people get a hold of you? Find you, follow you. Oh, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> don't look for um, Zach anywhere. No, right. but we should plug some of Zach's uh, excellent yeah. books. Oh, nice. Oh. Yes, we should do that. Most recently, um, I was invited to write the biography of the great filmmaker Ray Dennis Steckler. Oh, nice. Who, uh, had a box set come out from Severn Films, and they did a Blu-rays of all of his um, non-porn films and several of his porn movies as well. <laughs> and it comes with a 100-page biography uh, that was written by me and a guy named Charles Devlin, who was kind enough to cover all of Steckler's porn because that stuff depresses me. So I didn't write about that. <laughs> so I wrote about all the non-porn stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then Charles wrote all the porn stuff. He's a really good writer, actually. The guy's great. So we I'm collaborated. excited to get it. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. What else you got coming out? Um, I am working very, very gradually on the second edition of uh, Destroy All Movies, which is our guide to punks on film. Nice. So it's a, we wrote a book about, it came out, God, 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, that was all interviews with like, you know, filmmakers, uh, musicians, uh, actors, and also like basically every time a punk shows up in a movie, even if they're in the background of a crowd scene for one mm-hmm. second, uh, we tried to write out every movie in the 20th century with a punk in it. Star Trek four. Oh yeah. We interviewed him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's great. He yeah, that guy Jim, is great. He was he what is Jim Henson studio. Yeah. 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 I think he was a writer on Mystery Science Theater like recently too. Oh, really? Years. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for I my I bought a copy of that book like 2 years ago and it was very expensive because it was so out of print, but I was like researching stuff for Dracula's um and I really there's a lot of inspiration of punk stuff in that era and I really wanted to kind of capture some looks. So I yeah, I spent a, a lot of dough on a bad copy of that book. Oh, is it bad copy? Like beat up? It's just beat up, yeah. But yeah. I'm glad I have it. Like I'm, I'm. I, it was yeah. like because it was a thing. Like I think I'm. I don't think I ever had. I had a roommate that had it, and it was a thing that I always wanted. And then I'm, I'm very easy to justify spending money if it's for a proj- project right. of some sort. I'm I'm like, well, I have to have this. If I don't have this, <laughs> then it's what am I? What are we doing? Right. There's, there's a, there's so many good fake punk bands from movies. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Instead of show up, you know, like, like, um, you know, girls just want to have fun when that band breaks, they break into the country club and yeah, dancing with the turkey on their foot and all that. <laughs> it's not quite punk, but it kind of is. But I find that, uh, in a movie that I don't particularly like that much, but the songs of Sex Bomb in Scott Pilgrim, I think, are fucking great. I think yeah. that band is. I think that I wish they did a whole record of that band. I I think Beck wrote those songs, but oh, it's Beck wow. trying to pretend like he's in a punk band. I don't even think he sings on it, but um, he might. But they they only do like four or five songs, and they're fucking awesome. Yeah, they sound really like they they in the and I don't know if this is the case, but in the in the in the movie, I mean, obviously they're not really playing what's recorded there but the singers it's like a bass player and the singer's playing like an acoustic guitar but it's like running through pedals and it honestly it sounds like that might be the case because there's this real fuzzed out kind of 
um, there's a real weird tone to the to the guitars. I, as far as fake punk bands, I love. I think the Misfits on the Gem cartoon are a oh. great. Band. Yeah, they were good. The that songs was, are really good. That was really confusing to me as like a twelve-year-old when I found out there was another band called the Misfits, and yeah. that they were all guys. And people were like, "I listen to the Misfits," and it's like you want to laugh and be like, "What from Jim?" But then you don't. You're you know, you, it, you know it. Then thirty seconds later, you're yeah. glad you didn't do that. Because you found out that this is a real band and they're tough guys. Isn't wow. it weird? The gem ones were called like the Miss, like unmarried women, MISS fits. And that would have yeah. been like, yeah. around. That yeah. would have been totally fine, but they never they didn't even do that. It's so weird. And then, but their songs are so much better than gem songs. Like gem yeah. songs are oh, so yeah. lame, like Richard Mark. Yeah, gem sucks. Yeah. Which is accurate. That's how it would probably play yeah, out on yeah. our, our planet. Shittier. But Misfit songs are really good. Like they're like a, a legit thing. So, so well, that wraps up another week of the International News Service. Find us across social media at International News Pod. Email us at internationalnewspod at gmail.com. Our listeners already know this, but remember, INS is your best source for sleazy adult novels. Check out the INS merch store at Redbubble. And normally I say don't forget to check out our subreddit, but Reddit's doing this weird thing and maybe just uh, avoid yeah. Reddit for now. Uh, find out yeah. about it on your local social media news source. college news uh, newspaper write an article about us for your college newspaper <laughs> yeah for the we'll bubble bee gazette and we'll see you we'll see you next week read about us in penthouse forum <laughs>Thank you for listening to the International News Service. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. INS, the news you need.